dead relationships are conceived when we pursue demonic relationship goals rather than divine relationship goals. I need y'all to stay with me. And demonic relationship goals consist of anything, watch this, outside of God's will, outside of God's desires, and outside of God's design for our lives. The reason why many of us get into dead relationships is because we go outside his will, outside his desires, and outside his design for relationship. Somebody say dead. All right, many of us know folk who are in some dead relationships. So the question we got to ask ourselves is how do some enter into dead relationships rather than divine when we consult our friends void of consulting God concerning potential relationships? Y'all know, girl, what you think about him? He got a nice car. He got a nice job. But how many of y'all ask God about that relationship? Somebody say void of God. And many times when our standards on relationships are based on reality TV rather than the biblical standards. Y'all know y'all will look at all kind of shows. Y'all will see people in relationships. Ooh, um, Jay-Z and Beyonce look so good together, and that's your standard. Somebody say wrong standards. And then when we pursue relationships, watch this, to satisfy our personal unmet needs, Void of the needs that God desires to meet in us. Y'all know some folk are getting relationships because they got some unmet needs. And it's personal. Somebody say it's personal. And I need to be making sure that if I'm going to enter into this relationship, that God has this person to meet the needs in my life. Amen? And so if we want to ensure that we don't enter into a deadly relationship, it's imperative that we pursue relationship goals. Watch this based on the goals that God has for our lives. Relationship goals. Somebody say relationship goals. So over the course of these next few weeks, we'll examine God's goals for our relationships. And no matter where you find yourselves, I said it, single, engaged, marriage, divorce, widow, I don't care, we can all gain revelation concerning our relationship goals. So over these next few weeks, I'm going to talk about our pursuit of relationships. Somebody say pursuit. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about our posture in relationships because y'all know some of us can pursue some things and then we don't know how to posture ourselves in that relationship. Y'all know how to get the girl and get the, get the boot, but y'all don't know how to maintain yourselves in that relationship. God's, and I'm going to talk about God's model for perfection in relationship. Y'all didn't think relationships could be perfect, but God has a model. Tell your neighbor, God has a model. But this morning, I want to examine God's precursors relationship. And, and why is this significant? Why is Pastor Keith talking about precursors to relationships? Because this word, one definition of precursor is a substance, watch this, from which another substance is formed. So in other words, relationships void of substance were not formed from God's substance. I don't know if y'all ever seen a relationship and that relationship ain't got none, no, no substance. Y'all just like kissing on each other. Y'all just like looking good for around other people, but it has no substance. I need some relationship with substance. Y'all know they, they look good, but you can't have no conversation with them. Tell your neighbor, I need substance. I, I need substance. I, I, I know you look cute, girl, but at night, can I talk to you about my issues? I need substance. So we need to know his precursors. And, and therefore, the question we must ask ourselves is how then do we ensure our relationships have divine substance? I believe we can glean great wisdom concerning God's relationship goals for our lives from the first relationship identified in Scripture. This is where we find ourselves in our text this morning. But here's a word of warning and wisdom. 
I, I want to be sincere about this over the course of this next um, um, few weeks, that you find yourself in the text. Somebody say myself. Because y'all know we're good at finding somebody else in the text. And I, girl, I wish they was here. I wish they, I wish he was here because they needed to hear that. But if we're not careful and we're not sincere about finding ourselves in the text, we might miss the revelation that God has. Watch this for our own relationships. All right, tell your neighbor I need to find myself. All right, too many people have a habit of seeing someone else in the text. So let's examine the text and see what precursors for godly relationships that we can glean from the text. I want to look at verse number 15 through 18a. It says, and then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for the day in that you eat. I'll surely die. Watch this in verse 18a. And the Lord God said, I want to start right there. And the Lord God said, divine timing would determine how thin the line is between divine and deadly. Y'all caught what I just said? I've got to wait on God's divine timing. Somebody say divine timing. So, so here's what I'm trying to say. Relationships require that you wait on God. Somebody say wait on God. Because watch this, your urgency for a relationship is different from God's urgency for you to be in a relationship. Many people want relationship, but that's not what God wants for you. Oh, y'all don't like that already because some of y'all say, well, how am I going to find my man today? Not so. Therefore, many times, watch this, what we want and when we want is not what God wants for our life. And matter of fact, it may not even be, be what he wants in, in this moment. Y'all hear what I'm saying? All right, because y'all y'all want it right now, but God says not so. Somebody say not so, not so. That, that means godly relationships require that we wait on God. And herein lies one of the reasons that many people get into deadly relationships, because lust would not allow you to wait on the Lord. Y'all probably saying, Pastor Keith Willis says it's better not to burn in lust and I should just enter into a relationship. All right, lust caused us to get in some deadly relationships. Somebody say deadly. And, and watch this, even loneliness would not allow you to wait on the Lord. I'm too lonely, Pastor Keith. I just need a man. I need somebody to keep me warm. I can't, I, 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 I need to Netflix and chill. Netflix and chill. Y'all know y'all, that, that's what the saints like to say. But loneliness got us into some deadly relationships. And even low self-esteem caused us not to wait on the Lord. And, and despite the fact that many of us don't want to come to terms with this, the reality is lust got us into some bad relationships. I know we can declare that I lust got me into some bad relationships. It might have been good, but it wasn't good for me. Right? Our inability to cope with loneliness got us into some bad relationships. And watch this in our attempt to remedy our low self-esteem, we got into some bad relationships. Rather than waiting on God, because watch this, God won't send the right relationship until he deems you ready. The, the right relationship won't come along until God deems you ready. Tell your neighbor, it ain't got nothing to do with what, 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 what I think I'm ready about for. Come on, tell I know I said a whole bunch. Uh, it, it ain't got nothing to do with what I think I'm ready for. All right? Because y'all watch this. R. Kelly saying these words that seem like you're ready, but it don't matter what you seem like you're ready for until God says you're ready. All right, he was talking about ready for something else. Some, somebody say lust. All right, some of us need to stop listening to R. Kelly and have enough sense to wait on God. Because watch this, 
Notice verses 15 through 17 of our foundational text. It reveals that after God creates Adam, he gives Adam a commandment. And then he reveals to Adam some consequences. And watch this. It was not until verse 18 that God considers Adam's need for a relationship. And, and hear this. It was not even until verse 22 that God gives Eve to Adam. So that means, watch this. God might consider you ready, but that does not mean you're immediate, you will immediately receive. Did, did, did y'all catch what I just said? Because y'all know y'all like to get the prophecy. You say, ooh, I'm going to get married. I'm, I'm ready, Lord. The prophet said I'm ready. I, but even though God said, I, I, I consider the fact that it's not good that man be alone, he didn't receive Eve until verse 22. Somebody say, wait on God. I'm so glad that I messed up, y'all, but I waited on God. I love my wife. I waited on that thing. Because just because they prophesied your marriage, watch this, does not mean your marriage is going to manifest tomorrow. Y'all create a little profile. Oh, the prophet said something. You done created you a little dating profile. You trying to see who God going to send my way. That does not mean you're ready to receive. You still need to wait on God. Because even more, I need you to consider the magnitude of one of the commands that God gives Adam in verse number 15. It says, then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. I want y'all to stay with me. Adam was commanded to tend and keep all creation. Somebody say all creation. What a time. And even if you look back further in the text, the Bible says when he presented all creation to Adam, he had to name all the animals. Somebody say time consuming. Therefore, even before God considers a relationship with Adam, Adam had to wait on the Lord. And hear this, when you wait on the Lord, he will give you the power to handle lust, to handle loneliness, and to handle your low self-esteem. If, if I can just wait, God will give me the strength to handle my lust. I, I remember when I met Serena, I said, this the one and I'm going to get myself together. I say, I ain't going to sleep with her. I'm going to do right by her. I'm, I'm going to posture myself. You know why? Because I had waited on God. I'm talking about a, a, a young man, a college age man. Y'all know, you know, all over the place. God gave me the strength. If he can give me the strength, he can give y'all the strength. Because watch this. Psalm 33, 20 says he declares that he's a shield for those who wait. Psalm 27, 14 declares he gives strength to those who wait. And Psalm 37, 9 declares God gives success to those who wait. So that means if we can just wait on God to say we are ready, he will shield us in the midst of lust. That's good news to me. He will give us the strength in the midst of loneliness. I know you don't like going home by yourself. I know you want somebody to talk on the phone with all day and all night. But he will give you the strength to deal with loneliness. And watch this. The Bible says that he'll give us this great success by way of the love of our lives. Somebody say the right relationship. Yet even with this, this revelation, many give excuses concerning their inability in a, um, to be in a relationship. He, he, but, but this revelation negates that. Here's what I'm trying to say. Y'all know many of us say we're too old to get into a relationship. We love to say that. We, you, 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 you too deep into your career to get into a relationship. You don't have time to be in a relationship, but tell your neighbor, wait on the Lord. Here's what our prayer has to be. Lord, allow me to be patient as you prepare the one that you have for me. 
That, 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 that has to be my, when, when, when lust starts to try to build up within me, when, when I feel like loneliness is overwhelming me, when I feel like the enemy is trying to magnify low self-esteem in me, I've got to ask God, God, give me the patience to wait as you prepare the one that you have for me. Somebody say, I need patience. I need patience that God will give you the strength. He'll give you a shield. He'll give you great success. Because when we are premature, watch this, in our pursuits of relationships, those relationships will cause us great pain rather than prosperity. When, 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 when I'm, there, there's many of us that think we're ready, but we're really premature. And, and here's, here's the danger with entering into anything prematurely. Anybody know anything about giving birth to a baby when you have that baby premature? And there's, 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 there's added things and protections that you got to put around them because the likelihood of them dying is greater. And many of us have entered into relationships and watched it because we entered into them demonically. There was no level of protections over us. And we wonder why those relationships died because we entered into them prematurely. Somebody say prematurely. And, 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 and watch this. I, you, you've got to catch this. The, the, the Bible says that although in verse number 18, God said, it's not good that Adam be alone. He didn't receive Eve until verse 22. So that means that Eve was being prepared in the spirit realm. All right. And here's what I'm trying to say. Many of us try to force fit people in spaces in our lives that they're not prepared for. And if I force fit somebody in a space in my life that they're not prepared for, I do damage to them and I do damage to myself. And you wonder why they hit you upside your head. They weren't prepared. You wonder why they cheated on you. They were not prepared. If we can be honest, they caused us great pain for both them and us. Because one precursor to godly relationships is that we wait on God. Y'all don't like that, but somebody say, wait on the Lord. So, so, so here, that's the first thing. They require that we wait on God. Let's look at verse 18b. It says, it is not good that man should be alone. I'm going to give y'all some good news now. Because we don't want to wait, but I'm going to give you some good news. It's never God's intention for any believer to live in isolation. God does not desire for any of us to live in isolation. And here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying that this means every believer will be married, all right? So I don't I threw that out there. But what it does mean is if you have a desire to be in a relationship, especially marriage, then God desires to fulfill the desires of the upright. Did y'all just catch what I just said? I'm not saying that everybody's going to be married, but every believer should not live in isolation. But if the desires of my heart is to enter into marriage, God says he'll fulfill the desires of those that walk uprightly. All right? So here's my second point. It's God's will for us to be in relationship. Somebody say it's God's will. This is why the New American Standard Version of Psalm 37, 4 declares, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. This word desires in Psalm 37.4 is the Hebrew word which means, watch this, request or petition. That means not only does God desire to respond to the request of believers, but he also desires that we receive our request. Stop letting folk beat you up because you, you saying that you want to be in a relationship. 
God desires to fulfill the desires of his people. Y'all know how many of us say, oh, I'm going to start looking for somebody because my friends say I'm just needy. I just want to be in a relationship. Tell your neighbor God desires that for my life. Okay, that's good news to me. Somebody should shout that want to be married, all right, because it's God's will that we be in relationships. So we got to stop letting people give us reasons to give up on relationships, especially when you've made a request for a relationship. All right? Because one of the reasons that some believers aren't in relationships right now is because they fell victim to the reasons of people rather than putting faith in their request to God. I'm a, I, I always got to bring myself back into the text. There were some people that said me and Serena were too young to get married. All right? Those in her family. All right? And I'm not, not mama, not stepdaddy, because there ain't nobody in this, in this room right here. But what I'm saying, if she would have got caught up in the reasons, right, rather than putting faith in her request, she would have missed out on what God was preparing for her. Y'all got to catch that, now. Nah. It's nothing wrong with desiring marriage. And many times, watch this, this, these reasons come from people that ain't even in a relationship. And that can't stay in a relationship. Because watch this, just like the saying says, misery does love company. Yeah. Right, yeah, they, they, your, your behind can't even stay in a relationship. Girl, you know how the men is. You know, you know how they be. You don't even need to be trying to worry about him. He's just a pretty boy. You see how he always trying to keep his car clean. But you don't know I made a request to God. I made a request. Tell your neighbor I made a request. Y'all need to let them love misery and let some of y'all just love a man. Because God wants you to love a man too. All right, this is why our foundational text says in verse 18b, it's not good that man be alone. Watch this. That means God has discerned that it's not good that we be alone. And God has declared that it's not good that we be alone. And watch this. That means even God desires that we not be alone. But, but here's the good news. What God has discerned, declared, and desires also aligns with what many of us desire for ourselves. That we not be alone. Why is that good news to me? Because it's one thing to desire something but that God does not desire, but it's a whole other thing to desire something that aligns with what God desires. All right, don't beat yourself up that it has not come yet. All right, don't beat yourself up because people are giving you excuses why you don't need to be in a relationship right now. If you made a request, keep your faith in the request. Don't tell your neighbor, keep your faith in the request. Because the good news is, is that God desires to fulfill those desires. Right? We should not give up on what God desires for us. We should not lose hope in what God desires for us. And we should not lack faith in what God desires for us. But we wait on our desires to be fulfilled because one of the precursors to godly relationships is that it's God's will for us to be in relationship. That's good news to me, y'all. That, 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 that if I want to be in the right relationship, that is not deadly, but it's divine. God says, wait on me. And then if you wait on me, God says, I, that matter of fact, the very desire that you have is a desire of mine. Tell your neighbor, it's not good that man be alone. So, so it's God's will. Now let's look at verse 18c. It says, I will make him a helper. Somebody say helper. Comparable to him. If you're staying with someone with the hopes that they'll stop beating you, then that relationship is not beneficial for you. How many people stay in abusive relationships hoping that that person will change? 
All right, okay, I'm going to step on some toes right now. Hey, th- th- here's, here, here, here's the third thing. God's relationship goals for us is that our relationships are for our welfare. Somebody say my welfare. One definition of the word welfare is good fortune, happiness, prosperity, and well-being. Ooh, that's a lot of weight on me that I got to make sure my my wife has good fortune, happiness, and prosperity, my Lord, or well-being. That means God desires for you, watch this, to be doing well and also treated well while in relationship. So if I'm entering into a relationship, one of the litmus tests that I need to do on that relationship, am I doing well? And, and, is, and are they treating me well in the relationship? Okay, all right, we, we quiet now. We quiet now. You might be doing well, but is he treating you well? All right, and herein lies one of the reasons that many people remain in deadly relationships because watch this, we wait for people to change at our own expense. What, 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 what do I mean? We endure abuse for the sake of financial stability. We endure adultery for the sake of having a two-parent household. Tell your neighbor the devil is a lot. We endure attacks, watch this, for the sake of having a piece of a man. The devil is a lot. I'm not going to stay with you and wait on you to change at the expense of my own life. God desires for me to be doing well. And somebody needs to catch the revelation that it's better to have, watch this, peace rather than a piece of a man. And that includes a piece of a woman, too, because y'all know some of these women is a piece of work. I I, I, want to be able to come home and have a level of peace. I want to be able to go to lunch with you and have a level of peace. I want to be able to pay my bills and have a level of peace. I want to be able to sleep in the same bed with you and have a level of peace. We got folk living together and ain't got no peace because you want a piece of a man. And watch this, hear this. The word helper is, in, is the Hebrew word, watch this, which also means helper. And the suffix er in, the, in that word signifies that our help from the one that we're in a relationship should be ongoing. Somebody say ongoing. They know how to help you when they're trying to get you. But do you know how to help me while you're still with me? Do you know how to help me even when things ain't going right? I need somebody that can help me. Somebody say, I need somebody that can help me. A helper. The problem is, is many times, watch this, people stop being beneficial to the one that they're in relationship when they deem that the other person is no longer a benefit to them. As soon as I'm not a benefit to you, you stop being beneficial to me. Somebody say, the devil is a lie. So, so, so watch this. Some of us need to declare to folk that if God sent me to you, then I'm a benefit. Tell your neighbor, I'm a benefit. I, I ain't trying to be prideful, but I'm a benefit to my wife. I ain't trying to be, she ain't got to be prideful, but she can say she's a benefit to me. If God sent her to me, she's a benefit. And, and here's a word of wisdom. When it's a God-ordained relationship, you don't have to prove your benefit to nobody. You know, my, my wife ain't got to go down the line for me to know she's a benefit to me. Because watch this, people recognize fulfilled prophecies, especially when you made a request before God. I'm somebody's fulfilled prophecy. 
That's good news to me. When, my, my, my wife ain't got to prove that she's a benefit to me because I knew God the moment that I had met her just a few months later, I told God that I was going to get my life together. I said, God, I'm going to start serving and worshiping you like I want to, and like, like you need me to. And all of a sudden, I saw this little girl. She was about 18, 19 at the drive through in Wendy's, and I said, Lord, a fulfilled prophet. I said, fulfilled prophet. She don't work at Wendy's no more. She, and you know what? Watch, watch this. When you really recognize a fulfilled prophecy, you're not enamored about how they look now. You're not confused about where they are now. Because I know when I bump into fulfilled prophecy, girl, that, that's some stuff that God is going to manifest later, but I see what you can be even now. All right, so that, that's for a whole bunch of ladies that can't date no man that work at Wendy's. If you know that's your prophecy, you better date that man at Wendy's. Because listen, you better date him. And, 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 no, and that's why a lot of good men get negated. Because we can't recognize fulfilled prophecy. My wife now is a supervisor over the federal grants at USL. When I met her, she didn't have no job, y'all. But she was working at Wendy's. At some point, she quit her job. So she kept telling me, Keith, I want you to come home. Girl, I'm working. We got bills to pay. But I had knew that that was fulfilled prophecy. I saw prophecy in her because I had made a request. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. That's good news to me. All right? And, and watch this. I, I'm not saying that you need to run out or get a divorce based on someone's deed. I'm not saying that because I've seen too many people say, girl, just divorce them. I've seen pastors tell folk to divorce folk. All right? Because we're called, watch this, to extend grace. But tell your neighbor, grace does run out. And we're, we're called to be long-suffering with individuals, including those that we're in relationship with. And when you know, come on, y'all, when you know that this is prophecy in front of me, I know how to be long-suffering. What, what, what me and Serena got, it ain't just started like that. We had to be long-suffering with one another. And the reason why many of y'all, remember, we have these false realities of what relationships should look at, look like. So as soon as my relationship does not resemble what I saw in somebody else, I run. I, when, 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 I, when I just have a snippet of somebody's relationship, but you don't know what's going on behind closed doors, I run. And then watch this. I run out on what God has sent me. Oh, Lord, that's many of us, y'all. Some of y'all wish y'all could get that man back. Because that was a prophecy. Some of y'all wish y'all could get that woman back. Because it was a prophecy. And I, now, 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 this is a good song by R. Kelly. Once, once a woman's fed up, there's nothing you can do about it. All right? There's nothing you can do about it. So you keep being a fool right now. All right? Let that woman get fed up. There's nothing you can do about it. I, I'm, trying to do, I'm trying to do right by mine. Because she cute. She'll get somebody else. Y'all, and, and matter of fact, y'all, it's some cute women in here, y'all. Y'all just need, let, let, just tell them I'm cute. I can get somebody else. All right? But notice this. What happens when your deeds become deadly to me? All right? Because you've been called to help me, not to hurt me. And many of us are staying in relationships. And, 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 watch, watch this. 
Don't allow people to hurt you under the guise of thinking you're helping them. Don't allow people to hurt you under the guise. And the enemy will put a mask over your, your ass and say you're really helping them, and they still beating you upside your head. You're really helping them, and they still haven't made any steps to love on God. Yes, you're really helping. I'm, I'm helping them, Lord. No, they're just hurting you. Somebody say relationships are for my welfare. Because one of the precursors for godly relationships is that relationships are for our welfare. Somebody say well-being. Right? Many believers and people in general have entered into relationships that were deadly. Watch this because they failed to understand the precursors to relationships. Somebody say substance. And where there's no substance in our relationships, our relationships will not stand. Right? Our desire must be that our relationships are divine. Divine relationships have precursors. That means relationships that require that we wait on God. Right? And here's the good news about God. God's merciful, y'all. Many of us have gotten into relationships prematurely, and then God worked that thing out. All right? Because one person said, we need, we need to get it together. The other person get on board and say, we need to get it together. And what was once deadly, God can turn divine. All right? Because what the enemy meant for evil, what? God can turn it around for my good. All right? So, 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 so it, it, we still got hope, y'all. All right? And it's God's will that we be in relationships. All right? And, and here's some. If there's somebody on the brink of divorce, notice this. The Bible says that he hates it. Right? So God says, it's my will that you be in relationships. So, so, so there's still some level of hope. The Bible says it's better to be um, a, um, a, a dog than a dead lion. Right? Whenever there's still some level of life, somebody say there's hope. All right, so, so if I got to go, go to counseling, if I got to do whatever I can to get this relationship, now back on life support, God says he'll do it. All right, so, so I don't want nobody thinking I'm telling y'all to get nobody, nobody get no divorce, y'all, unless the Lord tell you that, all right? But so, so and, and notice this, our relationships that we enter into should ensure our welfare. I said this to a couple that I was doing premarital classes for. Many times the vows that we say and, and at the altar are the first times we hear them are at the altar. How can you keep vows that you have no foreknowledge of? Right? So if, I, if I'm trying to be in this relationship that says for sickness or for health, that says for um, better or for worse, um, if, if, I, if I'm going to be in that kind of relationship and I'm going to give that person that type of welfare in that relationship, I need to know them vows before I enter into them vows. All right? so, so, and God is saying, no matter where you find yourself in the seasons of relationship, you still got to treat that person right. All right. Tell your neighbor you still got to treat them right. All right. But, but notice this. I believe there's a greater mishap or misconception when attempting to enter into godly relationships. Let's look at verses 21 through 22. I think it's on the screen. It says, and the Lord caused um, God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. Somebody say a deep sleep. And he slept and he took one of his ribs. Somebody say he took one of his ribs. And, it, and closed up the flesh. Somebody say close up the flesh. In his place, then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made it into a woman. Somebody say made it into a woman. And he brought her to the man. I want y'all to catch this. In other words, divine relationships require work. Yeah, the problem is many of us don't want to work on relationships once we get into the relationship. We know how to get into it, but we don't want to work in the relationship. All right? the, the text says that God worked on Adam. 
God worked on Eve and Adam and Eve had watched this, had to work together. So, so God must work on us. We must work together and we have to watch this continually work on our relationship. I've been trying. I've been telling my wife, I know everything is well. I know we're doing okay. I know it don't seem like the enemy can pop up. But I just kept telling. I said, man, maybe we should just go and go to some marital conferences. All right. Let, let, let's just go to some marriage, some workshops on marriages. Right? Because it's so, the Bible says if a man think himself to be standing firm, the Bible says, watch this, take heed. Somebody say, take heed. Lest he fall. So many times when everything is going well, we stop working. So tell your neighbor, even when it's well, keep working. Even when it's well, I've got to keep working. Because just because God brought you together does not mean you don't have to work to do in the relationship. Relationship that work have those that work on relationship. The, the only reason, me and my wife are always, and I bring this up in our sermons, we're always in constant dialogue. We're always discussing something. We're always in communication with one another. Not because I like her, I love her, she's funny, she's cute, she's all of that. But what I'm saying is we realize that we got to work on this relationship. The only reason that she can look so happy while she's with me, and she is happy, the reason why she can put up with me is because we put in work. Tell your neighbor, you got to put in work. You, you got to put in work. Too many believers watch this, especially single believers, have a distorted view on relationship. Because just because we look good together does not mean we did not have to work on this. And even though we had to work on this, that even more, we're still working on this. I don't want to get that, get that distorted view that because all is well, nobody's working. And the reason why many relationships fail is because people stop working. Tell your neighbor, don't stop working. Don't stop working. One of the reasons that many relationships fail is because, watch this, someone stopped working. And I know that the Bible says that the, that, that, that the saved wife can save the unsaved I know that the Bible says that the saved husband can save the unsaved woman. But, but here's the problem. When you got one person putting in work, somebody say, I ain't going to put in no more work. I got, you got one person toiling and, 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 and praying and being patient with God. You got somebody else. And watch this. At some point, somebody's going to get fed up. When somebody's fed up, it ain't nothing you can do. Because the precursor to a divine relationship is that it requires work. Relationships that prosper have substance. Somebody say precursor. I want to pray for somebody. It might be you and you may be single and you may be saying that I gave up on relationships. I want to pray for you. God's desire is that you be in relationships. Somebody probably even talked you out of your request that you made to God. You feel like that I was waiting, I was doing all that I could, and, and matter of fact, I was doing it the wrong way. I created a dating profile when I should have just waited on God. Listen, I ain't meet Serena on, on no dating profile. I waited on God, and I bumped into her. That might be you. I want to pray for you. It might be somebody who's saying that, that I'm engaged. I haven't even looked at the Bible. I don't even know what I'm entering in. I want to make sure that I know that I've got to work on got to know that I need to give my, 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 my wife or my husband 
welfare. If that's you, I want you to come now. Don't be shamed, y'all. The only body gonna be shamed is the devil. Somebody, and I'm, I might be married. I'm saying that all things are not well. I stopped working in my marriage. If that's you, I want you to bring your spouse up here with you. Come on. Somebody. Come on. I know there's people here that want their relationship to work, that need their relationship to work, and the enemy wants you to give up. There's somebody here that, that said they want to be married. They even feel like I, I walked out on somebody that was my fulfilled prophecy. I want you to come down. Come on. We're going to restore relationships this morning. We're going to restore relationships. And, that, and if you're with your spouse, I want you to hold their hand. Come on. Come on. Enemy wants us to give up. But we shall not. We shall not. And, and here's, be careful of words. Like I told you you shouldn't have dated that boy. Be careful. Somebody say, be careful. I, I told you you shouldn't have had no kids with him. Be careful. Somebody say, be careful. I, I believe that if you're at this altar, God has ordered your steps. God has ordained your life. God has ordained your years. Come on. Come on. If there's somebody else, I want you to come now. Hallelujah. Every couple. Can I get the couples to stand for first? Every couple. Every couple. And then I want the singles just, a, just behind them. Just behind them. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy will not win. The enemy will not win. something unique about this church. I want anybody in this church, I want this church to be the first church with no divorces. Somebody say no divorces. I want if they come here married, they're going to stay married. Somebody say no divorces. for the couples, but I want to just anoint the heads of those that are single. Still have time. Come on. Still have time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's my wife? text. I said, find yourself in the text. If you're here and you know you did some things wrong in your relationship, begin to put those things on your heart. Come on. Ask God to forgive you. Those things that you said that were not for your spouse's welfare, begin to tell God to forgive you. When you stop working on the relationship, tell God to forgive you. What God has put together, let no man put asunder. And many times we think that's outside people. But somebody say, that can be me. I, I can, somebody say, that could be me. I could be my worst enemy to try to put what God has put together asunder. Come on. I, I, I want you to come. 
I'm, I'm going to pray for our couples, and then I'm going to ask my wife if she can give it up as singles. Come on, let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you, God, for every relationship at this altar. God, I pray, God, that whatever they may find themselves in the relationship cycle, God, there's still yet life. God, we speak life in them, God. Every couple, I speak life. Every relationship, I speak life. God, they shall live and not die. God, all of them will remain, God, because you brought them together. God, and even if they got into a relationship prematurely, God, work it out, God. God, begin to deposit in them, God, what you called for their lives. No divorces. Somebody shout, no divorces. Somebody shout, no divorces. Not even the conversation of divorce shall come up. Not even the dialogue of divorce shall come up, God. Not, not even counsel of divorce shall come up. God, these relationships shall live and not die. They shall live and not die. Let them be godly examples for others, God. Strengthen them, God. God, cause them to know, God, that you are still yet with them. And in the midst of their relationship, God, strengthen their bond, we pray. And God, I pray as my wife ministered this morning, light a fire in their souls. For the one who is complacent in their marriage, light a fire. For the one that has given up on their marriage, light a fire. For the one who is lazy in their marriage, God, light a fire. Light a fire in their souls that they may work on their marriage. And God calls them to walk together and work together. For your word declares, how can two walk together lest they agree? So I pray, God, no difference of opinion. God, I pray, God, no discontentment with another's methods. But God, I pray agreement. Somebody shout agreement. I pray agreement over every marriage on this altar. And God, place your hands upon them for what you brought together. Let no man put asunder. And it's in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. It's in Jesus' name that we seal this in prayer. Still remain at the altar.